Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? 
Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Thank you for joining us on the show today. On today's show, we welcome Dr. Maureen Hozier, and Dr. Hozier is a licensed psychologist specializing in troubled dynamics of individuals in their romantic relationships and in their family and workplace relationships. She has been practicing for 25 years, and she has a ton of great knowledge for us on today's show. We really dive deep into how to derail the emotional fright train, so how to Stop yourself when you're going down a path of emotional reactivity. And I know personally that this is probably one of the biggest areas that I've been working on and found it extremely helpful to serenize relationship. And I imagine a lot of you guys listening can relate that there's these things that come up. Sometimes it can be as silly as taking out the trash, but their emotional triggers and suddenly we find ourselves boiling with anger or frustration or anxiety and the emotions take over and Dr. Hozier talks about where this comes from, how it's formed in early childhood, how to recognize it and then how to deal with it in the relationship. So there is a ton of great information. I have found it extremely important before learning this in, in other podcasts, but then we revisit it with Dr. Hozier and that is just extremely important uh, for, for myself improving in, in our relationship. So I hope that you guys find it valuable as well. And stay tuned for during the interview where Maureen talks about how to change your reactive self. So she gives you some bullet points, some tools to be able to change how you react in a relationship and how you can help your partner react in a relationship. So I know I found that very helpful and it's something that Chase and I will both be able to implement into our relationship and we hope you guys can too. As always, we really appreciate you guys listening, sharing with your friends, leaving reviews, emailing us. We always love to hear from our listeners. It's really great when we get those messages that you are saying it's really helping you improve yourself, improve your relationship, because that's what we are here to do. We're just interviewing the experts, bringing the knowledge to, to ourselves and to our own relationship, and it's awesome to hear that it's helping you guys out there. So enjoy today's show. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Glad to be here. We've given our listeners a little overview. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Uh, I'm Dr. Maureen Hozier. 
I've been in practice for about 25 years. I've spent my life figuring out relationships. Um, And I think the reason is, well, I know the reason to be is because I was having difficulty in my relationships and, and wasn't understanding why. And I'm a person that why is very important to. Sometimes that gets in the way, however, um, of thinking about me, if that makes sense, you know, and what I'm doing. So I, I going into psychology was very helpful to me to then begin to un- understand the process of figuring out what was going on for me or what is going on for me and then being able to use it to change my own behavior. And then that matched with my wanting to understand what was happening between people in relationships. We love that. And we find that uh, quite a few therapists start on their journey by trying to figure stuff out for themselves and then find that they they like that process and learning and then want to to help others. Absolutely. Because what's happening to me, obviously, is happening to a lot of people. Not everybody, but a lot. Exactly. And today's topic that we want to zero in on and talk about is something that a lot of people, I'm sure, have experienced. I know I think we have experienced this in our relationship as individuals, but what to do when you find yourself stuck in an emotionally reactive or an emotionally painful situation and how to navigate that as an individual and then within the relationship. So let's dive right in. What might be an example of something that is emotionally reactive or painful in a relationship and how that can adversely affect it? Um, I, all right, I'm going to give you an example from, um, experiences that I've had. And let's say, um, couple comes in and their, uh, marriage was not long ago and they are upset with each other. They're arguing um, they're yelling, they're screaming, they're blaming, they're, you know, calling each other names, they're um, in moments, and then it goes back to somewhat of a, a disconnected piece between them, and then they're back in it again. And that's the emotionally reactive position unless they're not saying anything and shut down and not speaking for days or uh, or weeks. Sometimes that happens to couples too. So it can be either angry or silent. But, wow, this is a big question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the background of it is... I feel, I believe that the emotionally reactive part of both those individuals are the, is the reactive little kid inside of them. And what I mean by that, it's their emotional self. So that reactive, emotionally reactive part of them 
comes up between them. And that emotional, emotionally reactive part of them is young, very young. And the reason that part of them is young is really for two reasons. First of all, we start out in our lives being emotionally reactive. And our organization grew our emotions. And, you know, mom or dad or who's ever taking care of us has to figure out our emotional communications. So, and then as kids, we also are still emotionally very reactive. You know, we haven't learned yet something else to um, manage and regulate our own emotions. So what happens with this couple is when something is very important to each to them both and they are feeling deprived by the other, um, not known, not remembered, not valued, not uh, cared about, this is where the emotional uh, the emotionally reactive place inside of them is triggered. The present moment is triggering the past. So we have a, a double whammy. The past and present are in the present at the same time. Make sense so far? Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay. So it's really uh, uh, when I say emotionally reactive, I mean reactive. It's it's um, the words, the feelings, the intensity. The uh, it is is so intense between them, and each of them are wanting the other to take care of them emotionally, but it's an impossible situation. Because little kids, their young emotional self, cannot take care of the other and be the nurturing mom or dad. It's impossible in that moment. So each are wanting something that cannot happen. There's blaming, there's accusations. And, you know, and it escalates in its intensity. There's name calling. There's, you know, sometimes throwing things and battering walls. And then sometimes it's physical. So it along that spectrum, someone is trying to be heard and understood. So when you say, well, how can you change that? How can a couple change that? It's very difficult because it's almost reflexive. And it's just pouring out of them. And as I said before, it was because of the, uh, also it's a double whammy from the past and the present. These two people have been not, have felt not valued, not seen, not recognized, not heard, not understood, not cared about when they were children. Okay, now the big question is then how do you 
interrupt that emotional place so that some work can be done to listen and value each other's position, each other's feelings. So it is interrupting your own emotional reactions. And I think, well, I know both people have to come into the position of understanding that they cannot change another person ever. They cannot make anybody change. Um, they're going to have enough time, a hard enough time changing themselves, even once they understand what's going on, because this is about emotions. And there's not a, 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 a stop, a, a, a stop gap, a, you know, a kind of a button that says, okay, go off, unless you begin to build that button yourself cognitively. And that's why I say it has to be on both parts. Both people then must want to, number one, have a relationship, which means there are two people in it, two people with their realities and their needs and their feelings. And they both have to want to change who they are emotionally and manage and regulate their own emotions. So at that point, when a couple comes in, and this couple is here in my office, and they're both very hurt, and they're sad, and they're angry, and what I'm going to say is something like, do you understand or are, do, do you understand that you cannot change each other? You cannot make each other change as hard as you try. Have you, do you have that understanding? And people say they do, but it's hard. It's really hard to get that know that that you can't change the other and I think I'm going to expand a little bit here more is that as kids kids did have to change themselves in order to be with a parent who is maybe neglectful, a parent who is demanding and controlling, a kid has to change in order to survive. So a kid emotionally believes that somebody else can change, especially someone who loves them in an adult relationship. But that's not possible. The only person that can change someone is themselves. And so they, they must need to want to change in order to change. Are we okay so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. So then in that position, the couple that I'm sitting with 
is is going to find it difficult and so we, we we have to do some work on that and I think the therapy process is a very important process for people because there's a third party there that can um, hear understand and value both realities when both people can feel they have a right to what they're thinking and feeling because they're being heard by me and and their realities make sense then maybe somewhere in that process they can begin to calm down a little bit and begin to feel like that maybe they can begin to change their reactive self. So once that's understood or begun to be understood, everything is about coming to understand, I think, then the first step is each of them being able to recognize when they are being their little kid. So they have to recognize their own emotional self. And when that happens or can happen in the middle of an argument, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm my little kid. I'm screaming and yelling or I'm demanding or I'm shutting down or I'm crying, then what can happen is that's the first step in the interruption of the emotional self. And from there, then, maybe the next step might be something that's coming from the more mature, a more mature place. And that is of saying, oh, wait a, wait a minute to their partner. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little kid right now. That means they are taking responsibility for what's just happened. There's no blaming then on their part that the other is the one that's the problem. They have recognized that they are the problem in that moment and that maybe in then saying something like, listen, I can't talk now. I'm not sure we both can talk now. And what I'd like to say is something like, you know, I think I, I just need a break and I'd like to come back and I really want to hear what you're trying to tell me. I will listen. I can't do it now, but I will come back and do that. But that process right there is a huge um, undertaking. I think some people can get it quickly and some people it takes more time 
because it is very difficult to interrupt that emotional eruption. But it is possible. And then once that happens, if you know, when both people can begin to calm down and, and then two things have to happen. They still want to be heard and they want to hear the other. Now there are two people in the relationship. When they are screaming, arguing, yelling, crying, demanding, blaming, there's only one person in the relationship. And it's them. But a relationship is something that has two, needs to be something that has two people working together in it. And this is the good in it part. <laughs> it's not the conflictual in it part. So when people are arguing, it's an either or situation. It's either my way or it's the other's way, my partner's way. And that can't work at the same time. Moving away from that emotionally reactive place then into a more emotionally mature uh, place of relating, then, they, then there can be two people in the relationship caring about each other and valuing each other. So that's kind of the work that can happen. Um, so there's, uh, um, I want to say it's psychodynamic work, figuring out the dynamics between them somewhat, um, their own, uh, and then some cognitive behavioral work in the interruption of their own emotional reactions. And then it takes a lot of caring really caring about the other. And that means there has to be the development of being able to care about oneself at the same time, consider and care about the other. That doesn't mean read their minds. It does mean being open to listening and understanding. And one more little thing that goes along with that is then people have fewer needs to have the other take care of them. They begin to take care of their own needs and feelings and then don't have to dump or vent or start something in order to feel better emotionally. Um so people can grow up in their relationships. I know you mentioned that it takes two people for the relationship to really work, but what happens if one person is a lot more emotionally mature in the relationship and they're dealing with these struggles? How does that one partner help the less emotionally mature work on these situations to get better and, and deal with these situations better? Very good question. If there is a more emotionally mature 
person in the relationship, which might look like somebody is, that person is more patient, not jumping in emotionally, um, and really wanting to listen and be open to listening to the other, but with a boundary, they're not going to be yelled at or demanded or, you know, the, uh, the emotional intensity just cannot there. So the boundary, making a boundary and, but providing the safe space might work, but that's all that really can be done. If there are, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking for some specific tools that our our listeners could implement, and that's one great example. Well, the other thing is, uh, in the two books that I've, my sister and I wrote, you'll do anything for him, you'll do or uh, you'll do anything for her, and the uh, book is based upon your. Uh, the gender of your partner. What generally there's one person who gives up themselves in the relationship or has given up themselves in the relationship in order to make it work. The other person may be somewhat oblivious to them doing that, but it's comfortable for them and they're doing just what they want to do. So did I make sense there? Am I making sense Mm -hmm. so far? Yes. Okay. So now the person who gives up themselves is the person who has to change. However, there's a caveat there. Both people feel, once they're into this position, both people probably feel they're giving up themselves. Okay? Okay. So far? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So once they get into that difficult place between them, their goal is to find their work, to find their authentic self. What do they really feel they need from the other? It's not going to be had with the emotional upset between them. But maybe it can be from a um, position where both people can listen to the other's authentic feelings that they can begin to find their own responsibility in, in making the relationship work. So I'm going back now to the authentic self. That means there's work to be done to find out what your own preferences are in the, in the relationship. Preferences just mean that we can just ask for what we want and find out if the other is in a position, an emotional position to be able to do that. So in that space, it's a creative space if two people want to be creative and maybe they can figure out what to do in order that the, that 
both of them can get what they need and want. How does that feel to you? Oh, this is all really great information. And there's so much stuff here uh, that you've You're telling me. <laughs> but, but it's all so valuable. And I just want to revisit the interrupting our emotional selves. And you went into the emotional self and what it is. And, and that's all real important to understand that background. But I think personally, the area that there's so many areas to work on within ourselves and within a relationship, but personally, and I, and I would imagine with a lot of people, it's interrupting that emotional self because we have these things, these emotions are so ingrained in us, like you said, from, from childhood that we have these immediate emotional reactions. And it's almost like you were not yourself you in in depending on the degree you can become out of control and it's like where did that come from and, and it's just these emotions that trigger these things and i think that's a huge point for for almost all problems in relationships is that they're getting triggered now whatever it is specifically from what childhood event or you know attachment theory and all that it's definitely important to understand that background but i think the single most important thing that i've been able to work on and and that i think a lot of our listeners can do is really recognize when that emotional reaction is coming on and and just pause and and just just a simple act of recognizing it you might not know exactly how to go forward and and we've laid out some communication techniques that that i think are real valuable here and in, in other podcasts but especially speaking personally, just halting that emotional reaction. And it's almost a daily basis. And, and I transgress and I always, and I will go back to that, that emotional first knee jerk reaction almost daily, but recognizing it and working to, to get it under control and understand why that is happening. It's, it's gotta be one of the most valuable things an individual can do uh, for themselves and for a relationship. Yes, and that's well put. Um, the th a lot of people do work with the pause word, but sometimes pause doesn't fit someone's emotional um, framework, and there's something else that they will have to come up with in order to stop their um, emotional reaction. For example, um, let's say anxiety. Kind of anxiety might be a, a way to understand this a little more easily. People with anxiety, and not crippling anxiety, but anxiety that a lot of people have when they're in their heads ahead of themselves, about something they believe is going to happen. Well, number one, it may or may not happen. And they are feeling emotionally disorganized, undone, scattered in this moment in time. So I'm, I have a mantra for me at those moments, like the pause might be for others. 
And and my mantra is, Maureen, I'm talking to myself here, you will deal with that when and if it happens. You are capable of dealing with it at that time. And because I have said it to myself long enough and often enough, (laughs) it works. And then I'm back in my moment. The same thing can be done with that emotional reaction if that's what would work for somebody. Now, that one doesn't work for me in an emotional reaction. For me, I'm really having to learn that I don't want to be my little kid in those moments. I really don't want to act like that. And and that's what helps me more to remember so there are, I would say, many different ways to stop, interrupt that place and and have it even become a caring place for each other and then be able to, you know, talk about it later and have the relating and the partnership that you both want. Um. Sarah, do you have a, a, a way of handling something something like that? I'm trying to think. I don't really have a mantra, but if I could describe it, I would probably say it's more of like a pause as well, where I try to bring myself back in and be a little bit self-aware of the situation and how I'm speaking with Chase, for example. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Sarah is extremely uh, emotionally stable. She is. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to paint the picture. I, I. It's certainly most of us, and and she does deal with it, and and I certainly do. Um, but I think it, it is a a very natural thing to have these reactions, and it's all a scale. Some it's very abrupt, and and Sarah's it's it's not quite so, but she still works on it. Right. Right. And it is, it, I think it's possible to work on it and, and, and change things. But as I said, the individual, each individual in the partnership um, must want the situation between them to change. Yeah, it's, it's so valuable to, to take that pause. And, and one thing... We don't have to go incredibly into it. Uh, we have another podcast, but just practicing mindfulness and and that's really this self awareness and being in the present moment. And it's like you're this fright train of emotion, and it's hard to stop that train once it it's got up to speed. And that's kind of how we all operate, right? We're emotional beings, and then that conflict comes, and it's so it's hard to put on the brakes, you know, to stop that fright train, but it doesn't mean it's not a, a thing that we should try and, and work on. And most of us don't really ever try to get under, you know, we will maybe surrender that we're a product of our emotions or you don't even think that, but it's just kind of how we go through life and really the exercises you've given, whether it's a mantra or, or just, just, taking that pause, going to therapy, certainly important meditation. 
I really like for for bringing yourself into a, the present moment more. It's it's such a powerful thing that if we can eliminate or not eliminate because that's it, we're, it's natural to be flawed. But if if we can recognize these these moments of of intense emotion and we're going into these childlike reactions, uh, it it can be so valuable in in not putting unnecessary weight and in, in conflict on the relationship. Exactly. And and I was going to say there's two things, but I think one thing, I don't think we tend to look at people from an emotionally, from an emotionally mature or immature perspective. I think if we began to do that, you know, as we're uh, sitting with someone um, and and maybe wanting to get them get to know them better uh, for relationship, is that we begin to evaluate the mindfulness then as to who someone is emotionally. I think we'll be able to change. I think this is part of our evolution in relationships. And it's coming into our awareness now um, more because we're wanting to be conscious of ourselves and respectful of others and caring. So it feels to me like we're moving into slowly, of course, into two-person relating, which we've come from uh, relationships of power. We've had to. That's how we survived for a very long time. And and we did have to give up ourselves in order to be sure we were taken care of on a on a grand scale in our species. But things are changing now. And we have to figure out a way for two person relationships to work. And we need to have a, a relationship with our planet. Relationships, you know are so critical they can save us without relationships on a grand scale um we may be in trouble if that makes sense yeah it's so true and you've given us and our listeners so much to to practice and and work towards saving our relationships and and everything on that grand scale. So we appreciate all that great information and we could just go on for hours. I, I'm really so much value here, but want to be respectful of your time. And now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first I want to tell you about our sponsor talk space. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month and What it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests. But a lot of times to really see change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's one word, and you will get $30 off your first month. 
that helps the podcast, it helps us, and it's going to help you. So again, that's Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's I-D-O, and you will get a $30 discount on your first month, and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? I would say wanting to uh, remembering, wanting to and remembering that they may want to handle things differently than how they're handling them with respect and caring and valuing the person that they're working with rather than blaming and accusations and demands that the other change so that I feel good. So we stop looking to the outside to be taken care of and we look, begin to understand how to be in the inside of us and take care of ourselves. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships? Um, the books that I wrote, I think, are two. Uh, I mentioned those. You'll do anything for him. You'll and you'll do anything for her, and they're based upon you know your partner's gender, and they're written so you don't have to deal with him or her in the same book. So it feels very personalized. Um, you know, there's another really good book that isn't so, it is very much about relationships, but it's more, it, 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 it explains so well. Um, it call, it's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, and it's by Lindsay C. Gibson. She's a side and it's how to heal from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents. Because that emotional place, we're not so emotional when our parents were very helpful in helping us know and learn about ourselves as children. So the self-confidence is there. Uh, the flexibility is there to learn how to be a different person if we want to. But Many of us have had parents who had parents who couldn't help them focus on the inside of themselves as children. So we we couldn't either. So we're moving from focusing on the outside to be taken care of on a grand scale, I think, again, to the inside of us to take care of ourselves. And I think both these books, my book and uh, Dr. Uh, Gibson's book, really give you a very full picture of what is happening and then what can happen um, as you begin to grow emotionally. We, we love those recommendations. And, and I think I can speak for both of us when I say that I hope that our daughter Stella doesn't ever have to read how to uh, heal from an emotionally immature uh, parent. <laughs> Right, but right. Unfortunately, right. It, you know, just speaking as a parent to a two-year-old, um, 
but it, it is true that 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 shapes a lot of people in in the wrong way so that's a valuable uh, resource and we'll be sure to have that on our website on your show notes page at idopodcast.com and you'll be there in the archives all right thank you we've been married for two years now is there any advice you'd give newlyweds I would give the advice to anybody and everybody <laughs> and that be whether they're pre they're dating, whether they're uh, living together, where, whether they're married and few years or more is to, to take a look at their relationship as, a, as if they're looking at it from the outside. Is it, does it look like it's a good relationship from the outside? And then in addition, does it feel like it's a relationship that's working for both of you from the inside of you? And I mean the truth, not not, you know, not a lie so that your authentic self is saying, yes, I feel really safe in this relationship. I feel I can be myself in this relationship. I feel I have, I can have the boundaries that I need to take care of myself. And, and I have the independence that I want as well. And if both people are saying that, you have got, you know, a, a wonderful feeling relationship, a caring relationship. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Ah, good one. Having a good relationship starts from the very first moment you meet someone. And it's funny what just fat flashed through my head is a, a, a client that I'm seeing who says to me more than several times in a session is, you know, I really do trust my instincts. And that's a very important thing. She's in touch with her inside and her feelings. And if something doesn't feel right to her, she registers it, she thinks about it, she may red flag it, and she then evaluates as she goes forward with this person as to whether or not um, he would be a person that he, she wants to spend time with. And, and the other thing that she evaluates is, does she feel like they're on the same page? A similar, a similar enough age emotionally and in their work and in their interests and in their goals and that kind of thing. Is this someone that I, that I can be myself with? And if that can start from the first moment, you know, that's wonderful. The, the, the difficulty for most people is they are looking for love and they're looking to be loved. So they're not evaluating what's going on. They're not evaluating the outside of themselves and listening to the inside of themselves at the same time. 
They're just in that moment, in the meetings, you're sitting at dinner across from this person that you have just fallen in love with, and it's only been three dates, and you're already into hoping that it's going to work, and you're thinking about the future you're going to have with that person, how it's going to be, what you're going to do together, and just how happy you are. And people fall in love with their feelings at that point. And it makes sense that they do because a lot of people haven't had really happy, loving feelings before like this with someone. So falling in love, a lot of times is falling in love with love. And then they're not evaluating what's going on outside of them. Well, that is excellent. We've, that's the first time we've heard that one. And I love what you said, where make sure that you can be yourself in the relationship. Cause that's so important to have a long lasting, happy and healthy relationship. Yes. And one more thing that that person can be themselves too. There's that much caring from both sides going on that each person can be themselves. Excellent. Well, Maureen, we've really enjoyed having you on our show today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Thank you. Uh, my website is Maureen E. Hosier. One long word there. PhD.com is my website. I have two, uh, a website for the books. Uh, they're both on Amazon. And um, I think that's a good place for them to start. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. And thank you so much for inviting me. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.